Drifted from Ozil. This is Views from the Touchline. Hello and welcome back to Views from the Touchline. As always, I'm your host, Billy Rogers. Uh, we have a special special episode for you guys today on this Monday Monday afternoon. I'm joined by Raul Escobar again. Um, this is your third episode now. Raul, welcome back. Uh, for foreseen uh, for foreseen circumstances, Alan is missing today. It's his first episode out. Um, Alan, enjoy your dinner with your girlfriend. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, have some great food, guys. Um, we're missing Alan today, but you know, Raul, the quality will not drop. The quality will not drop. <laughs> Content will be the same or better. Who knows? We'll, we'll find the out. listeners. <laughs> so yeah, with Thanksgiving break coming up, obviously, um, I'm heading home tomorrow, so it's a travel day for me. So I obviously can't record on t- unusual Tuesday, but I think a Monday. Monday's nice. We have people listening in there uh, on the way back from work. Hopefully, maybe my dad gets a nice listen to it. Um, I'm actually presenting for this uh, this podcast, my uh, media class tonight, where our episode 15 from last week. You probably saw me share it a lot and stuff. I'm actually doing a full presentation on that tonight. Speech on it. I gotta talk all about my cause. I actually play the podcast in front of my entire class for like three or four minutes, so I'm a little nervous to see what people think about it. You know, in front of my entire classroom, where it's just not just like it's like a listening session, I guess. So I'm kind of nervous for that. Was point. that the one that was um titled Reality? Was it? Yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little yeah. nervous for that, but yeah, we actually got 92 views on it in a week. Oh, wow. So that's getting close to our first episode 100. Obviously, uh, you guys see our social media and stuff. There's actually having a competition. Our once we reach 100 followers, we're gonna randomly draw from our followers. And one of those followers will get to feature on the podcast. I mean, if it's me or Alan who wins the follow, obviously we follow the count. But I mean, we'll we'll draw again though until we get someone someone on the air. But yeah, Ra, how was your weekend? How how are you doing? We had we had some good time this weekend, didn't we? Billy, we had a great weekend, didn't we? Uh, we pretty much spent the entire weekend together. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had a lot of events going on with the boys, both from the soccer team and from fraternity. But I think it was a a good weekend to kick off Thanksgiving week. I think we should know? talk about uh, Tim Hahn's fake cereal real quick. Oh, God. <laughs> Tim we, Hahn. We, I always think that you know you mentioned at least one or two stories from your real life. But I remember we were, we were talking, uh, it was me, me and Raul were hanging out uh, this Saturday, obviously, you know, we we're in a nice state of mind, uh, hanging out, just chilling, and we were actually talking about uh, people, would, uh, I think it was the food you guys had in your house, yeah. And, food. Yeah, <laughs> you different different shelves of food, and I think it was Brooks who was looking at your snacks, and it was like, oh, like, Raul, you look like you have some good food, some dank snacks, whatever, and we moved on to Tim's shelf, and they have like, I was thinking like, uh, Frosted O's or like you know these off-bread cereals and stuff. And me being me, I literally punched Tim's cereal. I was like, "It's all fake!" And just smashed it with my hand, and then the boxes <laughs> just went flying off the shelf. So Tim had me dying. Tim, if you're listening to this, I apologize if your cereal is maybe crumpled up or or maybe dented in the corner. That's because of me because I punched your cereal. I sincerely apologize for that. Uh, that's that's my fault. I'll, I'll buy you some more off-brand cereal. If you just, if you <laughs> yeah, more of the story is Tim don't buy off-brand cereal. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get a punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Tim eat soggy cereal anyway? No, he hates his cereal being soggy. As a What's this whole... What, didn't Cause make fun of him for a while about having the milk? Yeah, because in Galar, he would pour the milk in the cup and then pour cereal in the bowl without the milk. And then he'd, he'd go over to like 
where the milk dispensary is and get the milk and then carry it to the to the table and then pour the milk in from the cup. And then Carlos would ask him why he'd do that. He's like, because his milk would get soggy. He didn't want his cereal to get soggy. He wanted it perfectly crisp. But how would it get soggy in the span of like three seconds from walking from I guess I guess it's that three second time of crispness versus, you know, that instant pour and you and you drink it right from there. Yeah, but before we get started with the show, I want to ask you real quick, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Obviously, what are your plans? Um, I'm actually going home. It was Wednesday afternoon. I have to work tomorrow morning and Wednesday morning. Um, but yeah, I'll head home Wednesday afternoon and then I'll come back to probably Monday morning or Sunday night. For work again? For both work and for school, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready to go home. I haven't been home in a while. I've not while. been home, honestly, since this summer. I'm going to eat so much food. I'm literally yeah, like, so much food. the one thing about being in Maryland and coming from Jersey is the pizza, dude. I literally yeah. like, I, I end up missing the pizza in New Jersey so much. I've not had a quality slice of pizza here from like a local pizzeria. Like it just, you've been to Classico's or something like that? I've not been to Classico's. I've oh, heard of it. It's it's just not good. Like it's just like mm-hmm. the, the the topping pizza is like, I had a sausage pizza one time and it's like they make the pizza with cheese and they just drop a sausage on it. It's like warm yeah. sausage. So it, it's like, you know how sometimes when you eat topping pizza, you can tell that it was cooked with the toppings on it. This stuff literally looks like just instantly cooked sausage and it's just chilling on top of the pizza. I was just They don't melt it on there? I don't think so. I think it's just they drop it on and yeah, yeah, but you know, I miss uh Joe's Pizzeria, you know, that's hopefully very nice first sponsor for the podcast. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I got a buffalo chicken pizza slice in there. Yeah, but let's get started with the show today. We got a bunch to talk about. Obviously, it was a busy weekend. You had a uh, some exciting derbies that happened. A big man you win, obviously. Uh, Juve actually lost in in, uh, in Syria, and then we also have Champions League coming up uh, this this week. It's the return of Champions League. I guess we we missed last week because of international break. So uh, there'll be some important fixtures in Champions League coming up. Obviously, uh, teams having to qualify, teams not qualifying for the next round. But let's uh, start talking first about the Arsenal Spurs game. I think you probably saw the highlights for this. And if you guys heard the goal at first, uh, where Mustafi scored, uh, huge for me. I was I was extremely <laughs> excited. I actually watched with Cavi, who was going to be on the show today. But I had to go home. Sorry about that, Cavi. Uh, hopefully he's listening to this. But yeah, we watched together in the morning. 7.30 in the morning, woke up on a Saturday morning. It was rough. <laughs> I'll be honest, it was rough. But you know, it was a great result for uh, for Arsenal. I want to ask you, what do you think about Arsenal beating Spurs at home 2-0? I was surprised, to be honest. When I woke up, I said I didn't watch it. I was not going to wake up at 7.30. But when I woke up and saw the scoreline, I was genuinely surprised. Because I know we made our predictions Friday on the podcast. And um, I predicted that Tottenham would win 2-1. I said 1-1 tie. I, I, you know, I honestly... You know, I, I feel like people don't give Arsenal enough a chance sometimes. Yeah, they have been poor this season, but I think like you know the players do realize it's a derby, and like that's you know that's the atmosphere, especially with the fans too. The atmosphere, you know, compare that to like a regular game. It is it's like a like a league game. It is insane. Like that first goal, I, you play that that commentary snippet back with Mustafi scoring. You can barely hear the commentators because it was so loud, and like that's some game I want to go to in my life. But yeah, I, I want to ask you too. Uh, in terms of says Sanchez and Ozil, Ozil had a great performance. He was one of the Arsenal's live wires. He, he was completing passes everywhere. He, he actually played defense as well. <laughs> Arsene Wenger came out after the game and said uh, Ozil actually contributed defensively uh, in the game. And he was very, like, he, I wouldn't say proud of him, but, you know, I don't get this, though. Like, shouldn't he be playing, putting his defensive shift in every game? He should. I mean, every player is supposed to defend. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a forward, attacking midfielder, winger. Like, you got to defend otherwise. And other teams just gonna take advantage of that. They're gonna exploit it. Um, yeah. I feel like that's what Ozil gets a lot of criticism for. He looks very lazy on the field. He doesn't like to run back. But um, I mean, if he defended yesterday, then more to it. You know, I guess he's trying to prove himself. Yeah, I, I think that like, I, I don't know. I think with him, he might he might stay honestly, mm-hmm. because like I think he does love the club. Genuinely love the club. It's just like there needs to be players around him who work as hard as he does offensively, but defensively as well like, for him too. Where like I think that when everyone's on and playing well, you see how, how well how well Ozil does. Because like you know when he's when everyone's not on and they're playing like crap, you know they're always 
either being pushed under, like against Man City, he did absolutely nothing because you know he just his, his 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 teammates weren't on as well. So it's just like he's being forced to do something he's not good at. So those are the things that you see. But when Arsenal, you, you see Ozil at Madrid, that guy was insane. Like that that Ozil was you know top quality assists, passing, shot, like scoring goals, like because everyone around him is on at all times, and he is I mean better quality players obviously, but still like you know I think that he should still be able to produce when uh, not everyone's on because he can still make a moment of brilliance even if like his team's sucking but you know that's the frustrating thing about being an Arsenal Arsenal fan because you know one weekend they're at it next weekend they're not and it's just like that's the problem you know trying to predict how they're going to do is their consistency or lack of thereof you know that's why on Friday um, what was I can't remember Alan's prediction but um, I think he's his first win I was the only person who said Arsenal will get some right. somewhat of a point so or something it's like hard to you know try to vouch for them if they're not consistent you know I understand it's a derby, but if those are the only games you're going to show up for, then whose fault do you think it is that they're not showing up every week? I honestly think it's the players' fault at this point. At this point, I think it's the players' fault because I feel like some of them might lack that, I guess, that dedication or that the competitive edge. The competitive edge for all those games. All the games. Yeah, like obviously for a derby, it's like damn, it's like the big one of the biggest games of the year. Obviously, you're going to play your best, but. And just like maybe like a midweek league game that you play like a certain like maybe like a I don't know like a lower level team lower table team, the competitive edge of the passion might not be there that night, and that's where they kind of I guess they lack. For me, honestly, I think it's the manager's fault because it's the manager's job to prepare them in terms of tactics, uh, emotions, you know, everything. Every aspect is is their job to prepare them. I mean, like if that preparation isn't there, you know, you won't you won't be there. You've you've been you've been a player um, for for a college team, obviously, and like. Those, those big games you feel like you've been ready for because, you know, the coach pumps you up and stuff. But do you feel like sometimes, like those smaller games like Washington Ventus, for example, do you feel like as, as if you're not as pumped up for those or not as, like, you know, competitively ready for that? I mean, I'm not saying I from a coaching standpoint. I'm just saying from yeah. your, your, I mean, your standpoint. I understand, like, where you come from where like, a coach isn't, like, their responsibility is to motivate their team. But, again, you also got to have, like, the intrinsic motivation as well. I mean, there's certain games, for, the, for example, inside, that yeah. Ventus game, I was – I was really, it was one of those games where I was just like, eh, I was kind of out of it, you know. I, I remember that game, I was sick at the time, so I didn't really have much energy, but, but I feel like I shouldn't have to rely on the coach to be motivated. Like, I should have that motivation myself. And that's the way I approach things, but I don't yeah. know, professionals, who knows what their mindsets are. Um, yeah, I, I think, I just think professionally, it's such a big, a, a huge deal to, to prepare, because they probably watch countless hours of, of video. I mean, their training's probably brief, because, you know, they're, they keep their legs to, to keep playing and to stay fresh, but I think that a lot of it is, like, tactic-wise... And it's it's such a responsibility. It, the the pro players are there to play. They're not there to you know manage themselves to, uh, to manage themselves. But the the coaches are there to, to prepare them tactically, mentally, physically, everything. Like that's what they're responsible for making the players do. It's just the pro players. They're signing a contract to say I will play. I will score goals. I'll assist goals. They're not saying I'm going to watch a video myself. They're literally saying like, okay, the coach will show me a video of this. The coach will tell me to do this. The coach will yell at me for doing this. Like you know, they're not actually. They're not saying signing a contract to to be a coach. That's what I'm saying. That's that's why I think it's different. Because I think like someone like Ozil, I think like maybe maybe Arsene Wenger is not maybe a little scared to you know come up to him and say hey do this or you, you or you can't play or something like that. Because you know someone of his stature who's making that much money at the club, uh, obviously his contract running down. I think that maybe um, what's his face uh, Wenger could be maybe a little gun shy to you know to to be to be you know real direct with them because it could cause him to have a negative reaction and possibly say well I'm leaving then. So I mean, I make enough money, might as well just just leave. Say fuck it, like <laughs> so whatever. So that's that's where I'm coming from. I think it's really the, like Wenger's responsibility to to man up. And he started got started got like like game. Like you'll see next weekend they're they're going away to to Bournemouth. It's gonna be so huge to see if they can you know 
follow that form up because I think it will tell their season. It's like it's going to be you know they come up for one game like that. Uh, what's it called? They last weekend they lost to City uh, away from home three to one, and you know it wasn't awful performance. It's just like those those key times, those key key moments. You feel like they're not all the way you know invested in the game. But you get my like Spurs where they come out firing, the midfielders running everywhere, Ozil's defending, Sanchez is working his butt off everywhere on the field, and it's just like you gotta see that every weekend no matter what. And I feel like some players show it. Like you think you saw Sanchez probably you've watched the Arsenal games. You probably saw Sanchez in his first probably three seasons. This man after one loss, home loss, he stayed afterwards on that field and ran sprints for the next half an hour on the field by himself. I did see it. And it's just like things like that is like sometimes he's not his best, but you know, he still is working his ass off and he's getting stuck in everything like that, that City game, he sucked. He was awful. He was terrible. Could not pass the ball, couldn't dribble the ball, but still, he was running around. He was defending. Like, you know, that's where you got to see it every game. So I think it's so huge to see um, Arsenal hopefully um, beat Bournemouth next weekend and, you know, handily as well. So I, think, just, I mean, I think they got motivation. I mean, some motivation, um, some, <laughs> I'm lacking the word. Um, competitive edge, I guess, is that what you're trying to say? The momentum. momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like after this win, you know, they probably found their stride a little bit, and I feel like they should build off this momentum and it should reflect on Saturday but if it does it though that raises bigger questions yeah I mean they're they're looking now a point a point behind Spurs a single point so uh, obviously I don't think that they should read into it too much like I mean definitely after the game uh, I saw all the tweets of our North London's red blah blah whatever I, I definitely like it's nice to have bragging rights but I don't think that we should you know wash our hands and say oh we're done like we're we're better than Spurs no yeah keep going keep winning and they're a point back I mean now so like obviously Spurs are gonna drop points somewhere and Arsenal should keep going, and they should you know start winning points. And I think that we'll, we'll we'll segue here too. I think that game coming up against Man U, it's like two weekends from now. That game is massive, because that's like that's the game where it's like two teams who who both play well, but at the same time play like crap. Like you saw Man U versus Huddersfield, that was an awful performance for Man U. But let's segue into Man U versus Newcastle this weekend. Obviously, Man U had a commanding four one four one win. Obviously, we watched the second half together. Um, I think that it was interesting to see Newcastle actually go ahead one zero. But it was awesome to see uh, Man U rebound, and you know they just took control and they won four one. Give me, give me some your thoughts on the game. Um, I thought honestly that game was a tale of like not even two halves, more like seventy five minutes and to twenty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously I think oh, Man 15, U yeah, <laughs> with insertion of Pogba back in the lineup, I think Man U was probably both Pogba and just Man U as a whole were trying to get their um, their feet wet, trying to get um, in the rhythm of the game, and I think Newcastle just caught them off guard once. But I feel like the way they rebounded was. Uh, very impressive. Um, I think Pogba is definitely. I'm trying a to pull up the stat. Maker. Yeah, I'm he trying to pull up the stat to see. I was listening to a, one another podcast. I actually listen to ESPN FC sometimes just to get some more content. And you know, I think I miss some small events sometimes. And I was actually listening to it just to hear it. Uh, but you know, if you keep going, I want to see right here. Uh, what's it? during seven match ab- absence? This is Paul Pogba. They lost a couple as well as drawing another with 1.85 points per average of a game uh, per game. They earned that many points per average. And with Pogba, though, they literally earn 2.6 uh, points on average per game, which that's just a testament to say they literally almost always win minus a draw or two. So, you know, I think that you had that great article when you wrote that just that pivot of, of Matic and Pogba. It is so crucial to Man U because, you know, the physicality it brings, but also the fact that it does send Pogba forward, and he's one of their best attacking players as well because, he, you know, he's creative, he can score, he's physical, he's quick, he's, he's technical as well, and, you know, he's just like he's that playmaker for them. Whereas like you know Mata, he's good, but you know what does he what does he really bring to the table besides you know good 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 quick feet and passing the ball? But you know he doesn't he's not like that. that he's not the game changer that Pogba is. Exactly, that's, that's exactly. Yeah, Pogba yeah. is a game changer. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, night and day the difference with and without him. I mean, I was also we were watching the game. There were showing some stats and stats in the beginning. Um, 
saying that before Pogba got injured, they I think that he had played four league games and they had scored twelve goals. And then after he got injured, they played seven league games and they had only scored eleven goals. So you see the difference. He's definitely like the difference maker and probably that catalyst in their offense that they need. And you know, Manu's biggest problem in the past couple of years have been scoring goals, especially at home. They love to draw zero to zero. I don't know why, but um, it was good to see him back on the score sheet and give a, a very nice assist. You know, that's two goals right there. Do you think I'm not, you're not a FIFA player, but do you think that do you know informs you know that yeah? yeah do you think that Aaron Pogba informed for this week? Not yet. I mean, yet. he only played seventy minutes. That's I mean, true, they're yeah. still trying to be cautious about his hamstring, but I feel like. It just shows his raw talent. I mean, his first game back, a goal and assist. That's just straight up raw talent. I mean, I think, like I said, I think you know the the big proving point for Pogba comes in the big games. Yeah. Because you know you look at look at Man U, and I don't think they've played any big team besides Spurs. Spurs so far this season, I think. Or they they lost a Chelsea. Yeah, they've had two big. Yeah. So they were missing Pogba for two of these big games, uh, these marquee fixtures. It was Spurs. Spurs, Man U. They lost. They won one zero at home. Spurs, I mean, yeah. it was just a narrow narrow win though. But they lost away to Chelsea, one 0 away from home. I think that it's it's gonna be huge now to see Pogba in these big games though to see if he actually can you know keep this form of, of like it's Newcastle where obviously he should be playing well to see if he can bring that into uh, these big games well, against Arsenal will be huge. That's gonna be such a big game to watch. We'll watch it together, obviously. <laughs> is it two weekends? I think so. Yeah, it's like December second. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know what else is on December second? <laughs> What's on December? You guys just what's on the for the boys? The day for the boys. What's it's that? a Saturday, right? Oh, 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 boy. Okay, yeah, yeah Saturday yeah. for the boys. Oh, Do you know what time say. the game is at? Uh, it's probably a morning game, obviously. Right. So we can right, we can get we can get get some breakfast. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's probably they literally make those marquee matchups usually like yeah. seven thirty in the morning. Sometimes they make them at twelve thirty, like the last one. So right yeah, there. I think it's back and forth. Yeah. Also, uh, you wanted to mention as well, Ibra coming back off the. Uh, from injury as well. Great to see great. him. Great to see Ibra back on the field. I mean, even is, from a, just a soccer fan standpoint, yeah, he's like, just such a one of those an icon players. Game. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to see a player like that get hurt. You know, just his presence on the field is just like I wonder what he's going to do next. And you saw he almost he almost scored a scissor kick. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. But um, I would ask you though, yeah, where do you where do you see him fitting in this season for Man U? I don't know. At this point, after after the team, how they played on Saturday Saturday, um, I think Ibra. Will be better off coming off the bench. I want to, like, I want him to. You start, said, yeah, I think you said that definitely at first. You nah, be a starter. Lukaku's just too, I think, more dynamic right now than Ibra is. Ibra's you can, old, you can see Man, you playing two forwards up top. No, like four four two maybe. I could not. No, no, I can't see Lukaku or Ibra dropping a little deeper than each other. You know, I feel like they both have to be like that target forward. And I think playing with two um, won't really give the fluid fluidity yeah. that the team. Needs. I think that's why you see players like Rashford and Martial. Who get so much not so much playing time, but you know they play alongside uh, what's his face Lukaku in that way of like a like a winger kind of, but as well as a forward too. I think that's why I don't I, I wouldn't see Lukaku working as that. You know even he's he's pretty quick still, but I don't think that th- just the way he plays with his back to goal. I think he's so fantastic in that role. I don't think you can you know sub one for each other out like and put one there, put one next to him. I think it's got to be off the bench. You know, given his age too, I don't think that he's fit for ninety minutes this year. Think about it. I mean, if Lukaku's getting a lot of minutes, a lot of games under his belt, and he needs maybe one day off. Ibra's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think you could ask for a better backup. You know, yeah, I mean, in going for too, yeah. or in like big league games, if maybe Lukaku's having a trash game, you put Ibra in there. It's like it just gives you more options off the bench, similar to. Um, I like alluding to Real Madrid, but Real Madrid last year they had James, they had Isco, they had Asensio, they had Lucas Vasquez all coming off the bench, especially those midweek games like against lower tier teams where they would play, well, they play yeah. their B squad. Yeah. You know, they quote unquote B squad, but they would win. They dominate. It's because just straight up talent put off the bench, and I feel like. I mean, you could benefit from that, um, especially you know if injuries hit. Like they already were hit with the injury Pogba, but yeah. last year and this year. So, 
Yeah, I, mean, I definitely think that my last thing on Man U is I think that Mourinho has done a great job of getting players uh, who have multiple multiple dimensions who can do different things, but he also has players who are similar to those players. So it's like you know, Fellaini comes on for Pogba. Fellaini is like he's not as good attacking, but you know, physically wise, defending wise, but also technically wise, he's you know someone who's comparable to Pogba. Like Lukaku as well coming off to free Ibra, both very similar players. You know, Martial. What's his face? Uh, Rashford. These guys are all, you know, very similar in dimensions to each one of each one of each other in the position. So I think it's a great job to have that kind of depth. I mean, they're not insanely deep in terms of squad, right. but in terms of position-wise, I do think that they have players who are similar to each other who fit their play style, who can you know come in seamlessly and play well. So let's talk about one more um, EPL thing. I should say before we move on to, I want to talk about Syria as well. Um, Man City had a 2-0 win against Leicester. It was 2-0 or 3-0. I'll look right now real quick. But obviously, Kevin De Bruyne scored another absolute banger on his left foot. <laughs> this guy is was insane. He's on, he's on fire right now. And I think that there's no one better playing better than City right now in the league. This is at Leicester, too. And they absolutely dominated them. I think, not just in the league, maybe. I think arguably the top two teams right now in the world are, I mean, Man City and Barca. I mean, Definitely, the way yeah. Man City plays is just, it's a joy to watch. They looks like they have no trouble moving the ball forward, retaining possession. And um, you said sometimes just the quality shines like um, De Bruyne did on his. <laughs> the funny thing is, he, he took the touch on his right foot and they cut it to his left purposely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, guy, the guy was, was like, like falling over. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. That I think the, the, the cool thing to see, too, is that, you know, they score goals like that, but at the same time, they score the little tap-ins also. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll give it up against Arsenal, and that goal was offside, but it was a tap-in. Against Stoke, they literally had four or five tap-ins where it was just playing, 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 and then just insane cross-in, or literally like easy just tapping on goal, because, you know, they're playing so well that they're one of those teams who can walk the ball into the back of the net, which is insane to see, because they're professionals playing other professionals, and they're walking the ball into the net, which is difficult. Like, you know, did you ever see a team, uh, or us, even walk the ball into the net this season from a Daniel? Not a single time, like. <laughs> so wait, would you accredit that type of success on the field to the coach or to the player? I would say, I would say in this case, both. Because I think that that's where you see a team that has such great preparation, but you also have the players who follow through with the performance and dedication every game. And the, their quality is just so overflowing that even those small games, they can be off. You know, they cannot be all beyond, but still have that quality. They'll have that one person who can, you know, play through. Like, I, I remember um, against West Brom the other day, or uh, last week, they, they won 3-2. And obviously that's not a great result. You know, they didn't blow them away. It wasn't like a hugely dominated game. But, you know, they still have like, players like Leroy Sané, who's not mentioned that often. But still, he's able to, you know, he uh, to step up in those times where not everyone's on. So I think that's something where you credit to both the manager and the players because, you know, Guardiola probably is up their asses about being prepared and stuff. So uh, my question with this, too, for you back back here is uh, controversial-ish, but do you, do you see that this is the title race over now? Would you hand say the title now before even Christmas break? Do you think they're, I mean, they're like, what, 10 points ahead now, 11 points ahead? So. Uh, I think, would you, would you hand them the, I'll look right now, but would you hand them the title at this point and, you know, just say it's over? No, I think it's a little too premature right now. I mean, even um, despite... 12 points ahead right now. 12 points? Man, you the second, right? Man, you got 26, so 34. That's eight points ahead right now. So they're eight points ahead? Yeah. Oh, then, yeah, that's a little premature right now, given the title. There's still a lot of soccer to play. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, I don't think anyone predicted Pogba to get injured the first four games of the year, so who knows what will happen. God forbid any good players get injured. You don't ever want to see that happen, but... um, I don't know. Some teams sometimes have collapses. Man City, they're known to sometimes choke in big moments, um, especially in the Champions League. Who knows how the other competitions will take effect on on their league run. So. Yeah, we'll mention that obviously later on. But yeah, uh, I mean, coming back to me, I think that I would not hand it to them yet, but I definitely think they're the clear favorites to win. 
right like, now, yeah, I could yeah. agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's not over yet, but I definitely think that there's no one right now who's close to playing the way they are. You know, to even be these these quality teams, like they'll literally beat Arsenal three one, beat Leicester two zero. Then you, then they'll play. You know. Watford on like a Friday night against Wet and Rainy, they win five zero. They'll play Stoke, they win seven two at home. Like <laughs> it's just like if like like I said with Arsenal, they're that team who Arsenal should look at and say, holy shit, they perform every game, they show up every game. You know they're 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 giving hundred percent every game. You know it's just like that's the team that people in the EPL should look at. So, yeah, so let's move on to the Madrid derby. Uh, I want to mention this. It was a zero zero finale final, I should say. Um, what, I mean, I watched the highlights. I actually listened to some analysis as well too. There was a huge PK call on Ramos. You know, there wasn't many chances in the game. Minus Correa had a nice. He, he was in on goal and he put it wide. Uh, besides that, though, but you know, would would you give Madrid this this PK? I would. Yeah, I feel like, although obviously it wasn't intentional, but um, I don't think that defender should have raised his foot the way he did. I mean, Ramos was going in for a dive. Honestly, if he didn't kick Ramos, that was a goal. If yeah. you look at it, oh, easy, he yeah. was like so three yards that, away yeah, from the line. With that, it should be a nail on PK. That's what I'm saying. And even like for people who say it's not, look at the fact that if that wasn't his head, if that was his body or that was his foot and he took him out like out in the air, it's going to be a clear PK oh. as well. Like, And I think that the ref himself should, you know, see Ramos' bloody nose afterwards and like, he's not just going to be bleeding by hitting himself. Like, you know, <laughs> I think that's kind of obvious that it's a, literally a clear PK. And I think that uh, I heard this question earlier, like on ESPN FC was like, um, if Madrid had that PK, would they have won the game? Definitely. You think so? Yep. Based on that? Okay. That, that's where I'm like a little confused. It's like, I don't think that just a PK itself should, you know, decide a game. I think that obviously would give them momentum. But I think that, you know, Atletico gave Madrid absolutely nothing. And like, besides that PK, you know, I don't think that they would probably try even harder to score. I mean, like Madrid, would, Atletico would kept throwing numbers forward and they had the better chances. They had more of the ball. They had better, they had better chances. They had more shots. So, I mean, it's just kind of like, I don't think the PK would have decided the game. I think it would be one of those situations Madrid goes up 1-0, um, they're content with that. Yeah, um, and they throw numbers back. Especially yeah. the the lack of like the, like the lack of goals that they've scored this year with Benzema, Ronaldo, Bale. Is Bale even playing? No, Bale's not. No, not, not playing. playing. No, no. Well, there you go. Asensio came on later, but it was with the lack of goals that they're scoring. Um, Benzema looks they, lost. They all look lost. I, I I saw in the game too. You know, not even just like they look slow and sluggish. Ronaldo literally got outpaced by Juan Fran, the right back for yeah. for Atletico, and that's just like. I don't know if you credit that to him maybe just being tired or something, but, you know, maybe that's his old age trying to creep in a little bit. I think it's his old age, dude. I mean, he's not – obviously, for his age, he's 32. Um, but to be in, like, the physicality that he has is 32 years old is still incredible. It's insane. But he's definitely not the player that he was four or five years ago where he yeah. was scoring I think, 40, I think 50 for, goals a year. I think for our listeners who, you know, who aren't too um, up to date with the, how age affects soccer and forwards and stuff – Wayne Rooney's 32 years old also, and he's at Everton now. He has dropped off considerably from, you know, being a formidable striker at Man U. He's 32 also. They're the same age. So, you know, look at look at uh, Ronaldo and Rooney back in the day for Man U. And, you know, they were <laughs> the same age. They're the exact same age. And, like, look how they've, how they've like, changed in form. Like, Ronaldo kept going up, and obviously he's getting to a low decline now. But, you know, Rooney went up, and then as his age creeped, then he declined. Because, like, I think, like, goalies obviously have a more, a more threshold to play in in terms of age. But yeah. I think in terms of, like, for attacking players, once you hit thirty, that's when you start. You know, your your pace starts it starts slowing down a bit, and like that's someone else like Messi. He's thirty years old now. Look really, at him. Yeah, like you got to consider too the amount. Ever since Ronaldo joined Madrid, the amount of games and minutes he's played is yeah. like even like those games where they'll occasionally give like some of the stars nights off for Ronaldo to start and then playing a full ninety and scoring three four goals. I feel like this season much less though. 
Last season, it. it was last season yeah. when Zidane started cutting his minutes. You know, they're trying to rest him, and it paid dividends because he wasn't hurt in the Champions League final. Like the 2014 Champions League final, he was like limping into it because he was right. suffering yeah. from like the yeah, just the, burnt. Yeah, he was burnt out, and then that affected him in the World Cup as well. Yeah, and then yeah. what? Um, was it the 2016 Champions League final as well that he um he was someone had like a knock going into it as well. So he still scored a goal though. They dominated Juventus. That was. Last year they won four one. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still he's still he didn't look hundred percent honestly, but yeah. you know he's still he'll still come up with that big goal down. Then I think it's gonna be huge for him to continue his Champions League form because obviously yeah. if La Liga is lost, that's a question here too. Is like you know you look at City being eight points ahead. That's something that in in the EPL is so recoverable. Like City can easily come back from that. They play Man U twice this year still. That's six points as it is right there. But look at La Liga. Barca is I think ten to eleven points clear, and you know they have they still have two two uh, Clasicos left. At six points, Madrid can get back, and then the closest team to Barcelona right now is Valencia. Could you see? Could you see Valencia beating Barcelona though? Uh, what's a Valencia standing in the league? They're, They're second, second place. Oh, yeah. Well then, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen Valencia play at all this year, so I don't know how they're how they're doing. But I mean, Just definitely based on results and stuff. La Liga yeah. is definitely less. I feel like less rigorous than the EPL. The EPL definitely has more threats to like any top teams, but like yeah, Barcelona, Valencia, Madrid, and Atletico. I guess you could toss in Sevilla there and those are the top teams. Those are the only teams that pose a threat. Yeah. So it's all up to like Zidane said um over the weekend that it's only it's just a matter of time before Barcelona drops points, but then it's if you're if really, that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't I disagree with that. It's yeah, it's like all right, Madrid has to beat them twice. That's like the bare minimum to have any shot because they're lead in half. Then you gotta hope for Barca to drop maybe tie a couple games and then hopefully lose one which would look like it's looking like I don't think they will that's where I think the, that's where you can see the clear comparison of like of like where people say oh the EPL is more competitive than La Liga than League One where it's just like 11 points in, in, in La Liga compared to 11 points in the EPL it's just like a considerable considerable difference where 11 points in La Liga is like what probably 5 points comparison in, in EPL where like you can make where people where teams regularly drop drop points and it's like I mean yeah Huddersfield Huddersfield beating Man U away from home I mean, is not like I mean at, at with Man U coming to town is not like too much of like a oh my god result but I mean at the same time though it's something that does happen often where like Barca Madrid it's like once a year maybe give or take and I think Barca even lost already once this year where like that's not gonna happen again so yeah I don't know I, I just want to like I don't really hate I don't want to hate on the Liga but you know. I think that it's definitely like definitely a lot less competitive. Definitely is, yeah, you know. So. That's why it's La Liga. That's why I think EPL is more of a joy to watch. You know, it's more every team's always competing every weekend in La Liga. It's basically just Madrid, Barca, yeah. and Atletico, and it's just yeah. like, all right. Once they play each other, it's then what? Yeah, I mean, well, for any of our for any of our Serie A fans, uh, I wanted to mention this. You know, we had, we don't talk too much about the Serie A, but actually, Juventus lost this weekend, which is you know a huge a huge result because just like I said. Um, this actually, Serie A is one of those leagues that like we said where it's like literally three or four teams and the rest are just absolute crap holes where like it's no one even close. Like you have, for example, in the table right now, Sampdoria is on 26 points. The closest team is seventh place, Milan at 19 points. Whereas like, you know, those, those gaps start opening up and it's like you have this, this, this part of the table and then like this part of the table where these teams are just shit, shit the bed all day. But uh, yeah, Juve lost, uh, they played today actually, Juve lost 3-2 to Sampdoria and Sampdoria now is in sixth place. But yeah, Juve moves down to third place, and Napoli's in first place in Serie A. And I, I see, I'm a FIFA player, and you know that's where I see a lot of players I don't know a lot about. But you know, someone like Dries Mertens, this guy's killing it this year. He's an 86 overall in FIFA, 
in '86, and you probably don't even know who Dries Mertens is. <laughs> I've heard the name. I've, heard, I've name, heard he's yeah. like I've heard that name like been tossed around the headlines. He's scoring goals. Yeah. So it's not like he's just bloomed out of nowhere. Yeah, but you know, Napoli has uh, Dries Mertens, uh, Callihone, and then uh, what's the other man's face? I, I'll I'll tell you in a second. But Insigne. Insigne, yeah, yeah, and that's that that's that attacking attacking trio right there where you have two wingers and then a, a fast and quick forward, and it's just kind of like. They actually could honestly give it a go this year. I think I could see Juve falling from power this year, honestly, with the loss of Pogba, especially too. Think you know, so? I, yeah, man. I, you you never know. Like I I don't like it is four points give or take, but you know, I could definitely see Napoli giving Juve a run for the money this season. And like you know, I'm not a big Serie A watcher, but I definitely could see like just based in, in terms of shift in power in like different teams this season. Like it, just Pogba was a huge loss for them. Like the fact that he he, he left. Their midfield is just considerably now less physical. Like Marquisio's not going to run at midfield. He's he's a great finesse player. He's a great passer, and he's good defensively. Sometimes, but he's not going to run midfield though. Yeah, I, right. I think like just, I think that, that just shows the the impact that Pogba has on any team that he'll be a part of. But saying also talking about Napoli, um, I think it was last year. Was it last year when they played Madrid? I think in what round? It was one of the knockout stages. I think it was um, sixteen. I want to say. And they went into Madrid and made Madrid work for their. Um, for their yeah, progression they're, to the next round, team. like yeah. they're a quality team, but it's just will they ever be that like take that step up? Round of sixteen, yeah, and be that. Well, yeah. What was the final in the aggregate? Uh, six six two, but both games were three one. Where it was like, I guess probably close games at first, where they had to work for you, like you said. So yeah, I think that's something interesting. But yeah, let's segue into Champions League real quick before we before we wrap it up. Uh, obviously, I got a lot of work to do, but <laughs> I want to I want to mention uh, we actually have the return of Champions League coming up this week. We did talk about this earlier before the show. Uh, it's obviously gonna be nice because you know being home for Thanksgiving, I can actually watch these games and sit down and actually watch the watch the games. Where with practice, you know, before the season ended, we had to miss all the Champions League games, games all the times. Yeah, so you know it's gonna be funny because like. I think the content will improve on the show also because like I'll be able to watch so many more games now, especially in, in the midweek when you know you can sit down instead of having practice, you can sit down and watch a game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have a bunch of teams uh, looking to qualify, a bunch of teams who are out. I think the most interesting scenario, talking about uh, Real Madrid real quick again, I think that you can see Madrid not qualify given their form too. It is honestly, it's 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 possible, yeah. but like I, I looked it up though, it all depends on a Spurs already are, are already through so. It all depends if they lose, if Spurs lose tomorrow uh, to Dortmund, and Dortmund goes on five points, and then, because Dortmund plays Spurs, so if Dortmund wins that, they got five points. If Madrid loses to Applewell, I mean, if you never never know, you never know, uh, they could stay on that, that was seven points right there. And then the last game in the group, Dortmund plays Real Madrid, which, that will, if it's five to seven, if Dortmund wins that, they go eight points, they qualify, and then Madrid is sent to the Europa League. Yep. So basically, if Madrid loses their next two group Champions stage games, games yeah. they're out. Do you see this happening? I mean, like, um, I don't see it happening. But it is going the way Madrid season is going. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it is very possible. You know? It's it's at the burn about though. So I mean, I it, I mean, I don't think it will happen. But I think if Madrid is really gonna have a nightmare of a season, yeah. But hey, I mean, they're they're traveling to Applewell, and where where is Applewell located? Like, that's who knows. <laughs> But then again, also it looks like majority is playing. I think they're playing better in Champions League. In they're Greece. in the Liga. Where? They're, it's in Greece. It's in Greece. Okay. That's gonna be a hostile. I mean, that's like that's gonna be a game to watch. I think because if they do obviously win, they do qualify. They'll be on ten points. But I think if Dortmund do beat Spurs, they're still no because it'd be five point gap. Yeah. So as long as as long as Madrid win tomorrow, they qualify. Yeah. And then I think Liverpool. If Liverpool win tomorrow, they qualify as well. Um, I think I want to mention these EPL teams also. 
Do you think that, um, you know, being in the Champions League now, you have City qualified, Man U qualified, Liverpool could qualify tomorrow. Uh, do you think that the Champions League becomes a distraction at some point? Not yet. I don't think so. I think the 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 league is still tight enough that they all can prioritize both league and Champions League. And I feel like, um, well, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I'd include Liverpool in this, in this category, but I think Man City and Man U are deep enough to make strong runs in both competitions. Definitely, yeah. We're like, you know, I think some players... Some of their top players do have to play those Saturday, Wednesday games on yeah, yeah. weekends again. But, you know, I don't think that they can definitely do some sort of rotating where, like, you know, you can have a right back come out of a right back or maybe like a left back. Kyle Walker, Kyle Walker can sit out a Champions League game, no problem. They can put in a Danilo uh, or even Mendy. If, I think he's injured now, but he comes back. He can slot right back in there for left back. Uh, I think that, you know, someone like Man, I agree, like Man City definitely could do something like that. But someone like Man U, though, dude, I don't know if, like, if they, if they, if they draw someone like, if Man U draws someone like Madrid, <laughs> for the round of 16 like I think that like that becomes a, a case of where you have to play the same team you play in the EPL unless you have an easier game obviously yeah. but you know you're chasing the title too it's, it's a lot it's a lot to do to think about and like you know even even with Madrid as well for them with Ronaldo having to start playing those Saturday Wednesday games if they qualify where it becomes an issue too with their league form they actually have to keep playing because they're down in the league they have to play their, their best players weekend on Wednesday for Champions League then weekend games also so I mean it comes a lot and yeah that kind of goes back to what you said earlier about um, what players are stuck in the big moments you know like Pogba I'm sure even though he's coming off an injury he'll be fresh um, he's missed I guess what is this, we consider as a third of the season I'll probably, I'll probably say fourth fourth of the season because he, he, sta- he started off at the beginning of the year yeah even yeah, a fifth or a fourth so he's yeah. missed like, like a decent amount but I feel like those type of players that want to be like want to be the next level will have to step up in certain games like that in the big games that they're going to be tired but in order to win you got to grind you know yeah. i mean playing saturday and then wednesday it might sound like it's a lot of time but you know being a college player you know there's not a lot of time yeah i know <laughs> it's it takes a toll on your body yeah well i mean that that should be that should do it for us anything else you want to you want to talk about but i think um i really want to make sure that um myself especially uh, watch all these champions league games because you know this could be important i think that that Madrid game is the marquee game because if they lose that and Madrid and uh, Dortmund win, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be really big, especially coming off that uh what's it called they lost uh, not lost they tied to Atletico and have been dropping points and you know their Champions League form has been good but you know maybe their confidence could be affected so I'm looking forward to that but yeah obviously man enjoy your Thanksgiving you too, all Billy. listeners enjoy Thanksgiving too we'll be on Twitter Facebook you know posting stuff so yeah if you guys want to say anything to us obviously as well I want to add you to the, to, to, to the Twitter too I'll give you the password so you can post I'm it I already have it you, I'll just, yeah. you have the Twitter? cool okay well you know you're always welcome to post things you know, I do a pretty good job of updating it and then Alan's on Instagram himself I, I have the password for it but I don't post too often on that but yeah um, enjoy your break too I didn't want you guys need anything to, to, to add us yeah of course but yeah well if, if not though uh, I think we're going to record an episode with my dad uh, this over really? break, yeah, nice. me out and my dad. Maybe <laughs> nice. like after Champions League, maybe Friday or coming on the weekend, maybe a Saturday or Sunday episode. So I'll be looking forward to that one. Yeah, I think so. I'll still be eating by then. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy, enjoy Thanksgiving, guys. We'll be back sometime this week. We'll keep you guys updated. I'll have it on Twitter. Yeah, but have a great day.